I'm, I'm glad we could be together tonight to celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's always a time when I always feel a little bit maybe closer to God, uh, which is kind of an odd thing to say because I'm, I'm the pastor. I'm supposed to always be close to God, but I do live in the real world too. Um, but, you know, you got things like you got all the warmth, the warm fuzzies of the season, right? You know, you get this sense that God is more approachable maybe at Christmas, more human, more like one of us. And at the same time, there's this sense with Christmas that something really big is happening and something big is going on. So when you see the baby Jesus, you get this sense that maybe you're not just looking at a kid, but you're really looking at an image of God. And that, that's what we always say as a kid. You know, they said, you said, when you look at the baby Jesus, you are looking at God. It's always a kind of a hard thing I struggle, I don't know, I just struggle with a little bit, which is kind of interesting. If you look at the history of Christianity, when Christianity first started, people had a lot more time believing that Jesus was human than believing that he was God. Nowadays, you go around the street, was Jesus really the son of God? Nah, he was just a person, right? That's what you'll hear. If you would have done that 2,000 years ago, was Jesus, was Jesus the son of God? Oh, he was definitely God. I'm not sure he was really human, though. We, I think we, we, we gravitate to the human part, right, in our materialistic world. So Christmas is always a time when we have to sort of wrestle with that belief again. How can he be a baby and so little and so fragile and still be God? And what does it mean to be God? Maybe to be God doesn't always mean to be big and thundering and powerful. Maybe to be God means something else. Maybe to be God is to be weak. But we think about God, we probably forget how shocking it was to the early people to say something like this, to comprehend that Jesus really was Lord, Lord at his birth, and not just Lord made into it. That was another belief. I can't remember what the heresy is called. I, I kind of, I, I forgot my list of all the heresies. There's like 500 of them or something. But there's one, adoptionism. There we go. I can remember it. The one that says he was just a human, but at his baptism, boom, then he became God. Like, he got a God injection or something like that. I don't know. It was a way of explaining it away and not wrestling with it. It took away the discomfort of him being God and human at the same time because there was something so scandalous about the maker of the universe being a baby. And of course, if you go through the Bible, you go through the Old Testament, when people saw God, it was not a friendly image. It was a scary thing. Even if God wasn't doing anything scary, people always got scared when God appeared. Instead of being warm fuzzies, you know, and cocoa and cider when God appeared, they, they, they dropped to their knees. It was fear and trembling. Moses, when Moses saw God, he, he literally got down right, right down on his knees, covered his face. I'm not worthy. When the prophet Isaiah saw God, he got on his knees and he literally said, I am not worthy. And God had to tell him, no, you are, because I declare you to be. So you don't get out of this. Ezekiel, he saw God, went into a trance for 40 days. People who would see God, they would get frightened. It, it, even when an angel would show up, they would get frightened. The very presence of an angel was frightening. And it didn't, shouldn't have been frightening, because the word angel, just, it just means messenger. That's all an angel really is. But yet, when an angel would appear, they would get frightened every time. 
It, the angels never looked like Roma Downey. Those of you who can remember your 90s angel sitcoms. It's not a sitcom, it's a drama, I guess. I don't know. Probably because I laughed at it too much. I thought it was a sitcom. Anyways, we'll get back on task here. I wonder, I wonder if it's a little bit like, uh, you know, when anyone comes to you and they say, I've got really big news. You know, like when you get that email from the boss, like not just the boss, the boss. And you get this email and it says something like, urgent, important memo. But it doesn't tell you what's in it. Just that it's urgent, it's important, and you need to look at it. And you sit and you look at that email and you're like, oh, I don't know, do I run to open it? I mean, I'll admit, sometimes I, get, I see some emails and I'm like, I'm not ready for this yet. And, and it's never as bad as it seems. But you get nervous, right? You're worried what it might say. It could say, hey, you're getting a promotion. You're the new Southwest Regional Sales Manager. Comes with a parking spot. <laughs> it could say, but you know, it could also mean you got a new CEO and the memo could say, we want you to be hardcore with high intensity and here's your bed in the office. And so you sit and you stare at the screen and go, oh no, do I dare open it? What's going to happen to my life if I open that email? And your mind starts running through these scenarios as if waiting on opening it changes it. But still, give me some time to process. Problem is when God comes, there's no time to process. The angel doesn't come and say, I'm going to deliver you a message in two days. Get ready for it. God just appears. It's like God's got a schedule. And it may not be yours. And it doesn't even have to be the worst case scenario, but it's probably something that's going to be something big or something that's going to require you to do something, make a change, take an action, because otherwise God wouldn't do it. That's another thing about, you know, angels, is they don't ever just come to check in. You know? Not in the Bible. I wonder how you've been, Betty. It's been kind of rough with COVID, hasn't it? You want to talk about it? When angels appear, it's like, I got something for you to do. Right? And, and whatever it could be that they want, it's God's news. And it's something that God has in mind for your life. And it's big. And you might have to upend some things. So, is it when the angel comes that we're really afraid of God? I don't think so. I think probably not. I, I don't think most of us these days really truly believe in that sort of vengeful, punishing God. Uh, if it was, I think most modern people would say, I choose not to believe in a God that's vengeful and punishing. I refuse to believe in a God that's not loving. And so if you actually believe in God these days, I tend to think it's more because you probably like the God you believe in. You're probably more because you probably more like God than you're afraid of hell. Nobody believes in hell anymore, really. So is it that we're afraid of God showing up in life? If we, if, we if we love God so much and God is as loving and forgiving as we say, why, should, why shouldn't we be overjoyed when God appears? I don't think we're afraid of God. I think we're afraid of God appearing for the same reason that we're afraid of that, our spouse every time you hear that tone of voice. Honey, can you come here? Can you come here? Honey, 
Can you come here? I need you to do something. Or the old one. We need to talk. We need to talk. And it isn't always a bad thing. Most of the time it's not a bad thing. But you still go, oh great, did I forget something? Is there a cockroach in the bathroom again? Am I going to get another job added? I was so comfy on my couch, just sitting here watching stupid YouTube videos. You can't believe how many times that cat was jumping for that fan. But no! Oh, I gotta, now i got to do something. My family needs something. It's going to ruin my time. I have to go to, down to Target. You know? And pick up something in the food aisle. And I, I don't do that, so I end up having to go through every single food aisle to find what I want, right? Ugh. I think that's more what it's like to have God come into your life. It's more like an interruption, a disturbance. It's messing with your peace. It's taking your life and the plans that you'd made and the path that you'd picked and the choices that you wanted and turning them around and redirecting them. And I'd kind of say, hey, I kind of like my life as it is. It ain't perfect, but I know it. I know it. I've gotten comfortable enough with it. I was good before you came here, God, with this whole Holy Spirit and direction stuff. I think that's why we don't want to see God. We're worried what God's going to want us to do. Right? Moses came. What was Moses doing? He was herding, he was herding sheep out in the Sinai. Got a new wife. Got a job with the priest. Said food. I mean, it wasn't a wealthy life. It was comfortable. It was good. God came and said, no, no, no. God, I want you to go back and take on Pharaoh. No big deal. Isaiah. He was a happy priest. Doing his sacrifices. You know burning the cows and collecting the money. Life was good. And then God said, no, I need you to go to the king and warn him about destruction. Criticize his policy. That always goes well, doesn't it? And Mary? Mary was just a young woman in Nazareth, living her life with her fiancé, making tables and fixing boats. Life was good. It wasn't wealthy, but it was good. Good enough. And then God came in, blew it all up. And isn't it interesting that the thing in this story that blows everything up is a baby? And maybe that's the perfect example of life getting thrown off, right? Because it's something many of us probably know, right? When, when you're sitting there and you, have to, you take that test, oh my God, what's going to happen to me now? One line or two. It's amazing how many people find religion when they find those little tests. God, please, God, please, God. It could be super joyous, but it's probably going to blow up your plans. Certainly when Mary first heard, she freaked out. So the angel came to her, she freaked out. And the angel had to calm her down. Don't worry, don't worry, Mary. Because she's worried, what's the social implications of this going to be? You know, is Joseph going to accept this baby as his? You know, is he going to call her a cheater, have her stoned? She got some things to worry about. The angel said, don't worry about it. But then the angel goes to Joseph, and he's like, yeah, I'm not so sure about this. He was gonna, just going to run. He's going to cut his losses. And the angel came and talked him down. Imagine that, you know, an angel coming to tell you, you know, you need to step up to the plate as a stepdad here. I'm sure there's been more than a couple women in world history that's wished they could just say, dear God, could you just send an angel to Kyler and tell him 
not to duck this baby. And then God goes, yeah, I'll take care of it. And he shows up, hey, Kyler, my name's Gabriel. You might remember me. I killed all the Egyptians. I hear you want to dump Kish over there over the baby. Lord's not too hip on that, you know. Lord's not very hip on that. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not saying that you're going to fall down, but accidents happen sometimes. <laughs> Kyler, you know, God's been known to, like, swallow people up and send them to hell. I'm not saying it's going to happen to you, but you, you, might want to, you might want to rethink your course of action. You might want to step up, you know. <gasps> yeah. And then what happens? We're out in the field with the shepherds. And an angel's showing up to send people Mary's way. Now, the birth of a baby is normally like a big community thing. It would have really been, especially their time, whole, literally the whole village would have been doing something around this. It would have been a big celebration, people getting excited about it. Mary, it's just her and Joseph and the animals, keeping them warm. So God says, let's not leave her alone. Let's round some people up. Let's send some people to share in the moment. If the priests and the kings are too full of themselves to notice when the Messiah is coming... I'm sure the shepherds who are out there at night will see God in ordinary life. So God keeps showing up unannounced, bringing news of things that weren't asked for to blow up everyone's plans and force everyone to rethink everything. But that's what God does. And because God did, we get to be here today. We get to celebrate all the things that come from it. We get our lives today and salvation and hope and faith and love and yeah, we get to celebrate a warm, fuzzy presence of God on a cool Christmas night. You see, I don't just look at the Christmas story as just a tale in history to be retold so we remember. That's part of it. But I think too many people these days, and you know, maybe for a long time, have looked at the Christian spiritual life as something that's rather static. That sort of kind of, it's a set of hard truths and hard rules. And once you figure it out, you lock it in and you stick with it till you, till you die. And then you get heaven. So just lock it in and ride it out. And I think, that, I think a lot of teaching has been that that's what Christianity is. Lock it in, ride it out. And in the Bible, the spiritual life is about the Holy Spirit coming into our lives and the set comfort and predictability and sense of self-control that we have and blowing it up with possibilities and opportunities that we didn't think were possible, but that change our lives and that change the world. So the spiritual life is not just about getting it right and sticking to it, but opening yourself up to God speaking in that voice that brings fear because we worry that it will ruin things. But God doesn't ruin things. God makes them new, and makes them better, and fills them with opportunities to live and to love. Now we know how it will work out for Jesus and Mary. It doesn't always go well. There's a lot of pain involved. But thank God Mary did what she did, and Joseph did, and the shepherds did, that when God appeared, they let the Spirit in and followed along that path that God made. And isn't that something to celebrate on Christmas? God coming in and giving us a new path for a new life, that life that he is there with us 
as we go through it. Merry Christmas.